Welcome to Talk That Talk. We have the unfiltered, unscripted, uncomfortable conversations about band, HBCU band culture, music, education, and more. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and also find us on all social media networks at Real Talk That Talk. And now, let's start the show. Welcome, everybody, to Talk That Talk. We have the unfiltered, unscripted, uncomfortable conversations about band, HBCU band culture, music, music education, and more. As soon as you come in, go ahead and smash that like, Daddy. We got the percussion show today, man. So y'all go ahead and smash that like, Daddy, for all these percussionists up here. Uh, We have, I think, two more that's coming in. They're running late. But it's all good because we're going to make sure that we get them in anyway. And then also, please make sure that you subscribe to the Passion Is Network uh, because we have a new show that's going to be coming out real soon. And you don't want to miss that show. All right. So please make sure you subscribe to the Passion Is Network. You can also follow us on all of your podcasting needs uh, at just look up Real Talk That Talk. All right. Let's go ahead and get into this first topic. I usually call folks out um we can probably still do that until you know the other two two folks get in here then we might just have to i might have to pick and choose all right so let's do it let's go with this first topic i'm I'm gonna start real light we're gonna start real light have we made uh oh have percussion been made to feel like the stepchildren of the band program have percussion been made to feel like the stepchildren of the band program uh quan man since this is your idea or not directly your idea but you the one who helped to spearhead this off man you go ahead and start it off bro uh yes and no uh in my opinion yes and no because there's many times like i know like i say laren is my line brother and my crab brother like when we was at pv it was like i had box box, box outside we was outside and we would do our thing. Then they'll say, hey, come into practice real quick. We'll go over our songs. And then they'll be like, all right, go back outside. I mean, so that's kind of like the stepchildren, in my opinion, uh, when we were there. Uh, and I do feel like, we're just going to be honest, as a percussion show. I feel like the percussion section uh, is the hardest working drum set, is the hardest working section in the band. Like, you got to think about it. Not only that we have to learn songs and our uh, songs, but we got to learn cadences. We have to learn... Uh, percussion parts for transitioning through the field uh, and plus the things that we have to do uh, with the band. So I feel like we don't, we don't get as much love as we should. Uh, And I think uh, sometimes because a lot of the times the band directors are horn players. Uh, I I know Dr. Little is kind of like an anomaly uh, to, to be a percussionist and be a director of bands you know, so he he has a different appreciation for percussion. But a lot of the times, man, we just castigated to the side. Hey, when we need you, come on. When we don't need you, go outside. That's just my opinion. All right. No problem. Appreciate you for kicking that one off. All right. Uh, Mr. Davis, have percussion has been made to feel like the stepchildren of the band program? Um. I can co-sign a lot of stuff um, Brother Kwan stated as well, but I think I think over time, in the past as well, with the directors and things not having a strong focus on percussion, that anything you're not strong at, you tend to stay away from, right? So I think more so, it has that ability, and I think it's really a case-by-case basis, because I think if 
the staff looks at the person that's the percussion instructor and they see they have that model of respect and they know that we're actually doing what they're actually doing and have a complete overview and they're very you know relating everything that's going on and they trust in the in the process and the methodology that the instructor have i think sometimes we see that the instructors do see themselves as an uh, as a second class citizen right but it's only because of what are they really offering a lot of times when we're doing uh, as instructors if we're just teaching rote just imagine if the band was learning by rote horns right so when you're when you're learning if you're teaching your line by rote and the instructor is not really seeing or the director is not really seeing all it takes to really encompass and make that drum line rise then of course you don't really I don't want to say respect, but you don't really respect what you don't understand. So I, I think it's more so from that standpoint that because all of us, we look at the directors as, as, as well, and we respect them because we see everything that goes into a program, buses, lodging, not just music and fo focusing on music and making better musicians, but keeping the program running, right? Classic games and things like that. So, you know, and we give, we tip our hats to them as well. I think it's just more so uh, as instructors, what are we giving out? What are we feeding? Are the children being receptive? Is the director actually seeing that? Assistants are seeing that as well. And when they look at us, do they see that we're teaching and we're bringing that element of, of true percussion? Um, like my brother um, Barry was saying earlier, kids can come in and chop, but don't know what a lesson to number 25 is, right? So as an instructor, we know that our directors don't understand, for the most part, hybrids. They don't understand what a sprizzle is, what sprizzle is, right? There's a lot of different things they don't understand. So when you don't understand something, you kind of push it to the wayside. But if you are capable, I believe they start to see uh, the development and the growth, and they start to respect it, and you won't be viewed as a stepchild. All right. That was that was that was that was pretty deep. There was some things I, I I was I was taking in on that. All right, uh, Paul, have percussionists have been made to feel like the stepchildren of the band program? Uh, that's definitely an interesting uh, question. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say yeah, definitely. Um, I remember one time uh, when I was at Kentucky State, I had a student of mine. They asked me, you know, as a as a drum instructor, uh, we we got done with a parade. And the very first thing he said, he was like, I'm so tired. I'm this and blah, blah. I'm like, well, we all tired. And he was like, well, as drummers, we always tired. Even when they not playing their fanfares and when they not playing the songs, we still playing. I was like, yo, that's that's true. I mean, we all out there marching. So I, I don't think, um, I think we do get treated like a stepchild because I think a lot of people take what we do for granted. They take... You know, all you guys are doing is tapping. All you guys are doing that's a lot more than that, especially when you get with a good program that emphasizes on dynamics, the reading of the music and things of that nature. And then you have to put into also, which also the band members are doing. You got symphonic band, you got concert band. It, it goes, you know, past marching band, but it also goes into a segue of marching and then symphonic percussion. It's not just snare. You got timpani. You got to add in all of that. So I think they take for granted that we don't have knowledge in that. Um, you know, even though it's a marching band setting, I think a lot of times it's taken for granted. And I, and I just say this just 
listening to a lot of the instrumentalists of how they feel about percussion. All you gotta do is this. No, it's not all. We, I mean, we marching just like you are. That drum is definitely twenty to fifty pounds, and we marching just like you are. But you got that small instrument. Yeah, you doing something with your lips, but we doing something with the left, right arm, left arm, right leg, left leg. Um, and so you know, you got that equipment. It's it's bad on your neck. You know, shout out to everybody now who's older who got back pains from them drums. But but uh, it's I think the recognition is not given and i think it's taken for granted of what we do how we carry the beat um and what we do also i also feel like the you know someone made definitely made a great you know point of you know hey drummers go learn this beat this is the field show we gotta learn this but then when we get on the field and we mess up you know, as a sex leader, we may be thinking in our head, like, you only gave us 10 minutes to get the, the beat together. And so as a drum instructor or even as a percussion, you know, section leader, we want to know one thing. Okay, we playing this song. Okay, are we playing it verbatim, radio style? What's the arrangement? What's the intro? What do you want? Like, a lot of times we don't get that information. So when we come back with the beat, like, they, you know, a lot of times band director, and I'm sure you all witnessed it, they put us on front street. Percussionists, you ain't do this. Go back. And it's kind of making us feel bad. Like, well, you ain't give us, you know, you ain't give us all the tools that we needed to, to make everything come together as the drum section blending in with the band. And then I think a lot of times that has to do with the drummers. Let's be honest, we all want to play our cadences. When we get in the stands, whether we're battling, no matter what conference we are in. No matter if you're on scholarship or not, let's be honest. When you get in the stands, you want to show off them cadences that you've been practicing day and night, that you got that blister on, that you've been chipping your, your, your arm from the symbol. Like, you want to play it. And so whether it's I can't play because of the game, we're too loud, a lot of those times we don't get to play that. And so we emphasize that within the musical parts. Sometimes the musical parts get a little overly choppy because we're trying to compensate that. Like, okay, well, we ain't going to be able to play a lot of cases, so we're going to display within the music. Then that gets down looked by the band director in many cases. And, you know, someone brought up, you know, especially, you know, Dr. Little being one of those guys who has been a percussionist and now a band director, he more or less understands because I think, I don't think it's a lot of percussionists out here that are actual actual college band directors. No, nope. and, and there's and there's some out there, but for the most part, you kind of see how certain lines kind of blend together. Um, and then those who a lot of people don't talk about it, but a lot of people who don't have percussion instructors. You can tell within a line, within getting those cadences made, keeping the tradition going, making the song parts. I, I'm telling you, I've watched so many college clips and as soon as they start playing i'll be like they definitely have a percussion instructor and then in some of them i'm like oh man they just <laughs> they just do that together last minute you know it's not to say whose fault it is or who it isn't but you know lastly i think we do get the the bottom end of the, of the stick because it's kind of like we're constantly always working and i mean even if we did get the recognition would that be enough you know, what I mean, we're we're percussionists. Everyone wants to 
be in the that percussion section. And I was fortunate enough to come through and, you know, even with the in the college band setting before Drumline came out. We all know that Drumline just really, the movie Drumline just boosted everything up, you know, I back agree. In, in 2002. So I was one of those guys who came in and cracked that Kentucky State 2001. So I kind of got that that good feeling of the drum line and then, you know, other things is made and it's like, uh, okay, now it's kind of fabricated. So yeah, I definitely get, feel like sometimes we definitely just step kids. I'm a, I'm a tell you right now as a trumpet player, um, I went to Norfolk state and I had never prior to Norfolk state seen a drum line like MD and being at Norfolk State gave me more respect for the drum line in the percussion section. Um, you know, watching Mr. Bethea work, looking at his scores, looking at his music, listening to what's going on in the back. So much so that when you talked about them drums being heavy, I made it a personal point that when I became a band director, I said, you know what? Outside of me learning my rudiments and all that stuff that I did in undergrad and blah, 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 I'm going to actually put on one of these drums and march with y'all. And it gave me, as a band director, it gave me a completely different respect for what percussion does, which actually makes me think about um, what uh, Crystal just said in the comments about directors and, and should directors be a lot more um, involved in percussion and learning percussion. And do, and do you all believe that directors should be learning percussion? Like me as a trumpet player, I made a point to learn percussion. I got sticks in my, my house right now. You know, I got a drum pad in my house right now and I'm playing dang near every day. My wife gets tired of me because if I, if I'm on some downtime, I'm doing something, I'm playing something, I'm reading something. That's just, that's just how I am. But I don't know if a lot of directors are like that. Just hearing a couple of you all's conversations, a lot of you all are like, well, you know, the director may not even be well-versed in that. So they send y'all to the back and go work, you know? And I know as a director, being a director on so many different levels, I've always tried my best to be involved uh, with what's going on in, you know, the percussion line. So do you all think that per that directors need to be a little bit more informed and involved in what what's happening in, in percussion? Uh, yeah, they do. I mean, are, are we, we we still going around the? No, nah, anybody can get it. Get it. In. You got a cushion. But yeah, they uh, band directors do. They they definitely need to be a little more involved. And then just to kind of go back to the the original question, as far as you know, are the drum are drummers viewed as the stepchild? I'm gonna be totally honest with you. You know, Quan and uh, Larian, we marched in two different era eras, but when I was on the line, we were the rock stars. So we, you know, we practice, of course, you know, we put in the work to do that. Well, we practice, you know, before and after the band. Um, because we did that type of stuff, you know what? The box need to go eat first because right after they finish eating, they going back to practice. The box, they get Gatorade. The box, you know, we, um, we're, we're, we're being featured, you know? So again, all that type of stuff kind of trickles down. So again, like I said, I feel like we were the rock stars of the band. Everything revolved around what we did. Now, where we 
what we did get looked at or what we did get treated like uh, stepchildren was when it came to equipment. You know, a band director would rather buy a brand new tuba or a line of trumpets before they'll buy a drum. Or, you know, practice drums. The our, you know, nowadays, you know, kids they they have more than one set. But when I was marching, we had one set of drums. Hey, we going to Home Depot and Hobby Lobby and and build a square, all all those type of places to to repair them. The other thing was uh with scholarship money. You know, again, a band director pay will play or uh, pay a horn player before they'll pay a drummer. You know, because uh, again, in the in a band director's mindset, most of them, at least back then, drummers come a dime a dozen. We can always find somebody to do you know what you're doing, but to to get a to get a horn player that that can scream, to oh yeah pay him so yeah so I, so with that being said yes band directors they need to be a little bit more involved with the line as far as you know what's going on the ins and outs of you know what a what an average drum line would do you know spend the day on the drum kind of like what you said you know what i'm gonna strap this drum up let me see let me see exactly how this drum feel because i'm telling you after about two hours of holding a 50 pound snare drum now, <laughs> a 50-pound bass drum quince, multi-tenders, come on, stop playing. Like, and, and to be able to, um, well, most drum lines, they're, they're very detailed in what, what they plan, how they look, you know, all, all that stuff, you know, tunnels down. So, yeah, so again, I see it on both ends, where on one end, like I said, we were the rock stars of the band. We got the we got the best treatment, but the behind the scenes of it, scholarship, equipment, you know, things like that, that's where we can be frowned upon. All right. Wow, that's that's interesting. Uh, I want to get Lace in here. Uh, would you you want me to call you a whole name or just Lace is cool? Nah, you good. Lace is fine. <laughs> All right. Uh, I want to get Lacey here and get in on the conversation, man. Uh, so <laughs> has percussion has been made to feel like the stepchildren of the band program? I definitely agree with that. Yeah, I can definitely say that for sure. Um, many of you have pretty much touched on, you know what I'm saying, everything for the most part, you know, because we're all percussionists. I do feel that... Um, I know you said, and I'm not knocking what you said, uh, but when you said, like, I feel, did you feel as though band directors should be a little bit more involved? I personally feel that um, band directors should be a lot more involved. And I say that because with I, I look at things, I don't know, like, just in different ways. I look at things like a song on the radio. Whatever the band is playing is equivalent to that song on the radio that the band is playing. So it's like, without the percussive feel to that song, there will be no song. And nobody's really going to want to sit there and listen to a song that does not have a pocket or groove to it. And percussion is pretty much identical to the heartbeat. It's the heartbeat of the band. So it's like, and we, we're usually, we, we usually don't mind like pretty much saying, hey, we need somebody to go represent the band program. The band won't be able to make it. So who's going to go? 
the drumline is going to go and perform at these these pep rallies. The drumline is going to go play at this birthday party. The drumline is going to go and march this mini parade around the campus. Like, you know what I'm saying? I mean, countless hours. Like, I went to South Carolina State. Um, and, of course, times are completely different now. But, I mean, even the time when I went, it was still rough. Like, you know, but when we went, like, I mean, we, we sitting here doing band camp. We up 4 o'clock in the morning, you know what I'm saying? And we got to be at the band hall the 4 or 5. But they don't they don't tell you that like oh we got sectionals oh okay cool so we in sectionals until two o'clock in the morning like legit in sectionals till two o'clock in the morning you ain't even eat yet so you don't have a car because you're a freshman on campus so now you gotta walk to go get you something to eat because the upperclassmen ain't gonna take you nowhere so you walking to go get you something to eat you and your crab brothers and you come back all you got time to do is take that shower and literally go to sleep with your crab clothes on and wake up that next morning and you right back at practice. So it's like the band is at home, whereas percussion is still at practice, like, because we have to prepare for those random events. So that's why I feel like band directors should be um, more involved with percussion sections because it's a different level of respect. I mean, we don't put our instruments down. We barely get water breaks. So it's like, I mean, I, I the list could really just go on and on with it, but I, de I definitely feel like we are the stepchildren to the band. I don't feel like it's necessarily done intentionally. I just feel like the band directors are pretty much doing doing what they were taught. Like, everybody pretty much came up, okay, band, you got to worry about all these other instruments. Percussion, they'll just figure it out. They got it. They just want to play on something. That's pretty much how everybody looks at percussionists, and that's not necessarily true. We love to play. But sometimes we do want to just be heard or understood. So it's kind of like, you know, I don't know. It, and it's it's a different level, level of um, athleticism, too, because that's, like y'all said, like, listen, all of us know, man. I, we could go on and on about this stuff. Like, <laughs> we know, like, when we carry them drums, hey, it's rough. I mean, and then, you know what I'm saying, I'm a woman. So, like, there's no exemption because you're a female. Like, you, you if anything, you're getting treated worse than the men. Cause you a girl, so it's like it's it's definitely different, and nobody really pays attention to that. But yeah, I definitely feel like we're stepchildren to the band. I'm gonna just say the story that you just told just sounds like trauma. I'm, I'm, it just which, sounds like which, trauma, man. You know, hey, <laughs> part which part of the story? All of it. You like, man? You know, my and the whole story. You know, hey man, we I'm came in and we had to practice, and then man, we could we had to sleep in the clothes, and then we wake up, and then we struggling. Oh, man, help me, Lord. That's what I heard. That's all I heard out I mean, of that whole conversation. That's just, that's just literally the tip of the iceberg. That's not even including we going to the calf. We march down to the calf, all the way at the front of the campus, and then they say, "Oh, report time is back at such and such in the band hall." You done went all the way down there, so all the upperclassmen are march. So they like, hey, I need you to take my drum back to the band hall. So you taking three drums back to the band hall, my drum, two other snare drums, or a bass drum, a snare drum. Like, you got one snare on here, one draped across your leg, the uh, the bass drum, but I mean, come on now. like, And then by the time you get down there, you don't have no break. So it's like, man, you know, but... I don't know. I see somebody saying, you know what you sign up for. I mean, yeah, we know what we sign up for, but see, that's the thing. I feel like as percussionists, we don't complain. We don't. And we really, we really never do. And it's kind of like bandsmen are usually the people to say stuff like that. Like, we never complain. We just do us. And then when we do us, then people feel as though 
oh, they cocky. No, it's not cocky. It's just that we all we got. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, we don't complain. We're a different level of musicians. Like, and that's not to degrade bandsmen, but it's just that a lot of bandsmen kind of just look at us, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, it's, they always think it's about them. It's not. It's just that we always got a place. Like, we got to do so much more than just fanfare. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, we know what we sign up for. Like, we definitely, I, I know I've never complained, period. Like, hey, I loved it. I'll go back and recrab all over again and still come back and be on this way right now. So, it's like, nope. it is. Look, look. I ain't doing it again. I ain't grabbing it again. I'm a chill. Like, nah. I ain't doing it again. Nah. Nope. Look, I will say this. Um, like I said, it's 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 a it sounds like trauma to me. But I will tell you, I I don't know what anybody else in the band felt like for me, but I always did feel like MD was cocky though. So that 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 may be part of it. I always did feel that way. I, other other band members may feel that way. As far as percussion is concerned, you may be right. But you did say something that I, I actually want to touch on. And I want to ask all the fellas this. Um, because you touched on you touched on the fact that because you are a woman percussionist, sometimes you felt like you had to work harder. Fellas, let me ask you this question. Did y'all make them the, the ladies in the line work harder? No. <laughs> most of them most of them are pretty solid because i think they got that chip on their shoulder coming in as a woman so most of them really come really pretty much on point i got um like the young ladies since 2019 i've been to State university all the young ladies i've had can literally hold their own and are better than some of the guys and i think that's just that chip because it takes a a certain type of woman to play drums anyway right um because when you typically think of a female you typically think of what clarinet flute saxophone maybe you start talking about brass lower brass upper brass you really don't think about tubing things like that but like the girls i have right now young ladies i have right now they can flat out play like i have one girl from down south louisiana can flat out play and is very humble very mannerable so no definitely not like with me it's just about the end result. Where are we gonna be? Can you make it happen? You know, everybody gets a fair shot. Like honestly, everybody gets a fair shot. Dang, I was about to ask her a question. She tipped. <laughs> but Cushion, uh, <laughs> go ahead. Uh I you know what? Every, everybody gonna have their own uh, opinion on it, but honestly, uh nah, we we made them work even harder. And, and I'll tell you why. Most most of the time, you know, you want that masculine front line, you know, especially for snare drummers. I can see I most of the times you um it's not really frowned upon for a female to play cymbals or you know, something like that. But when it when it came down to you know being on the snare drum or a tenor drum or even bass drum, it was kind of unheard of you know, for a lady to make the line. You know, I was fortunate enough to have a young lady, you know, make my line. And honestly, we made her work her ass off, you know, excuse my French. No, but, you, um, you know, I'm, I, I think it's just, a, you know, because majority of the line are 
are men and all that testosterone is in there, you know what? Cause you know, you want to be able to have locker room talk and all that type of stuff. So for a female to kind of invade that, you can you can just kind of feel that tension. Like, you know what? Mm, yeah, you, we gonna make you really work for this. We gonna, we gonna see if you really made for this. You know what I'm saying? And and honestly, she was like one of the best ones. She was the best one. So shout out to Ashlyn. Lace, let me ask you this question. Um, do you feel like having that experience of having those those male counterparts, you know, making it a little bit more rough on you made you better? Or do you feel like it was an unfair, um, unfair situation? Oh, honestly, I don't even feel like it was rough. Like, realistically, from the outside looking in, it would seem rough. But I guess I tell people, like, when I was in high school, I was the only girl on the snare line. Like, the, I was the first female ever in the school's history at my high school to be the only girl on the snare line. Then when I got to South Carolina State, there had been one other person before me. Her name is Rhea Keith. Shout out to Rhea, Bongo brother. Um, and Rhea, she's in a wheelchair, but she I don't think she marched the full season. So, like, she was, you know, she did things, but she, like, you know, and that was also in the 90s, so it was a different era. So, I feel like um, it, it wasn't. I say this, nobody like had me shook at all. If anything, it was just literally like, I don't know how to put it. It's kind of like, I'm very big on my pride. Like I didn't allow anybody like to make me feel a chip on my shoulder. Like, oh yeah, you ain't gonna make it. You ain't gonna do it. I mean, I had people in my ear and whatnot calling me to be word, you know, all kinds of things like that. That stuff didn't bother me because I know my level of talent and I'm very observant and I'm not cocky. So it's like, I let my talent speak for itself. So it was like, and this is just how I am on a day-to-day basis. Like, hey, it's either you sink or you swim, eat or starve. Like, I went by to starve, and I definitely went by to sink. So it's like, oh, no, I'm from South Carolina. I'm from Florence. So I'm going to come here, and I'm going to do what I got to do. And that's it. Like, it, there's, you know, it, it. that's just it. Like, because, I mean, as a female, we're, we're emotional beings anyway. So, I mean, I, it's kind of like what I look like going in the snare line, complaining, crying. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was just very quiet. I was a quiet crab. I did my part. I, I really ain't talked to none of my crab brothers like that because I was that quiet. But, you know, but that's just, you know, it's to each his own. But that stuff, like, I don't know. Like, I never allowed any any male, female, anybody, director, percussion instructor. Nobody ever instilled any type of fear in me. I don't fear anybody. So, and you got to have that kind of tough skin. I saw somebody say, like, the girls nowadays not really built like that. They playing euphonium and tuba. And I mean, time, you know, eras change, but you know, it's back then. Like, if you could last back then, back like from the earth, like I'll say, uh, let's go from like 2011. Let's say 2011 on back to the 90s, 80s, and 70s, and all that. Like, you had some tough skin because it was different back then. And you know, of course, the thing happened at FAMU in 2011, so that pretty much put a halt on everybody's school. So, it, but it was rough, you know. Um, I didn't come in 11, I went in 10, but it was definitely still rough back then. But you had tough skin if you was standing tall and making it to the next season, period. Like, you just held your own, so. All right, cool. Uh, So as the panel gets bigger, I'm not going to be able to hit everybody individually. So when we get to the next topic, I'm going to just bounce around. Just keep in mind, if you got a disagreement, go ahead and state your grievance. It's all good because we we try to be – 
unscripted and unfiltered here. I'm not going I'm not going to put a filter on nobody. All right, here we go. So let's move on to the next top, next topic. Let's do it this way. Welcome everybody to talk that talk. We have the unfiltered, unscripted, uncomfortable conversations about band, HBCU band culture, music, music education, and more. Go ahead and smash that like, Daddy. As soon as you come in the room, let's get these likes up, man. For all these percussionists up here, I'm not gonna call them drummers. I'm gonna call them percussionists. All right. So show some love for all these percussionists up here, and go ahead and smash that like, Daddy. And also, please make sure you subscribe to the Passion Is Network. And turn on notifications. You can also find this episode on all of your podcasts and networks on tomorrow. Just look up Real Talk That Talk. All right, let's go to the next topic. Are we behind our counterparts due to the tradition of not writing cadences? Are we behind our counterparts due to the tradition of not writing cadences? Uh, Larry, you got it first, bro. All right, I'm gonna kind of tie my my answer to the first one in with this one as well. All right, so the first one was about being a stepchild. Now I'm not gonna go too deep in it because I want to get to the next topic. But think about what what a stepchild is. A stepchild means that you have somebody in a new position, correct? So you're you're not you're not basically you're not basically the first foundation of family, but you're kind of the second foundation of family. So if we're made to be stepchilds, that means that the first person that should be family to make that that situation would be the percussion instructors. And we got two on here that if you if you see and like like uh, Luke said, you know, because of certain situations. All right. And it starts with the percussion instructors. If you're if you have a percussion instructor that know what they're doing, then that band director trusts them to do what they're supposed to do. And that's the same thing on the other foot. Like Ricardo and, and Calvin shouldn't have to be worried about, you know, why the tubas sound like that or why the baritones sound like they know how to do their job. It's what we go and get our degrees for, correct? So we go and get our degrees to make sure that we, we know what we're doing so we can work whole as a family. Now, when you don't work whole as a family, that's when you start getting the stepchild syndrome, all right? So the stepchild syndrome is a situation of, all right, my daddy ain't doing nothing percussion instructor my daddy not doing nothing so he's not teaching me what i'm supposed to do when you got a drum instructor that's saying that that kids are coming in i know how i play switch on triplets but you know we like to talk about who the loudest who can chop and who can do all this other stuff that means that our first daddy in high school didn't do anything that means that they were in and they were out i agree so we we, we gotta definitely we gotta stop this whole notion of thinking what looks cool and, and, and what's fly and everything like that and what's going to get the likes and the clicks, all right? And so when we think about stepchildren, that's why we are the stepchildren. And that's why we've been the stepchildren because sometimes we don't come in that situation. And if we're talking about scholarships and you say a trumpet player is going to get that money, but if you go in there and you only play a snare drum, why, why in the hell am I going to give you money? I'm not going to give you money just to play a snare drum because as soon as we go to concert season, you're going to dip. So you're, you're that stepchild because you're only there for cer- for certain situations. Shots fired. But Shots then when you when you when you when when it's time for something that's really supposed to go down, you you jump. You know, all right. So we get set up in the stepchild situation, and then that moves on into us being the stepchild because it's a situation of, well, I don't want to do that. I just came up here to play, you know, and that's a situation like that which goes into the counterparts of tradition of writing cadences. 
we always, I always see a lot of band people talk about the greatest Rangers and everything like that and all this other stuff. And I don't ever see, I know majority of us are all in the PC. Don't ever see nobody talk about percussion, you know, the, the top percussion arrangers. Why? Because we don't understand that we need to start writing our music because any, anything, anything that we learn in school is what we read in a book. But if I go and say first president of the United States was Bill Cosby. Well, he said it, so it must be right. Well, let me tell him. Let me tell the next person that come in. And let me tell the next person that come in. It all starts with it all starts with writing it down and, and, and having a conversation of making sure that you have that that folder and that that evidence. And we always what we learn in school is about basically what goes on in history. Now I know in history, you know, it can be screwed about certain situations and, and and you know, we don't get to learn our part of the history and everything like that. But that's where you go and take yourself and you go and learn it as well and you go and look it up as well and it, and it takes that it takes that type of person and that type of drive and the reason why so much stuff is getting lost is because we don't write in 2022 wrote wrote drumming needs to be out it needs to be out it, because for one you already setting up a stepchild situation because if you if that kid can't go in there and read then how are you expecting them to get the full ride of a scholarship you can't. And, and I know Luke was, was working with the marching storm and, and I know Mr. Barry and Ricardo, you get a kid up in there. I mean, you can't read. So, so what, what good are you to me in the full aspect of I'm going to drop down $50,000 for your school. And then you tell me, I don't know how to read a concert based on part. It's just quarter notes. So that that's the situation. And so if we started with the building of writing our cadences and stuff, Reading a little, reading a little part won't be hard. So we, we got to focus on on the small things, and like and like Calvin said, we got to go back to basics with stuff. And it might suck, and it might hurt, but I'm telling you, it's going it's going to work in the long run, and it's always going to work in the long run. And kids might not like it, but it is. Can I say something? Yes, sir. Um, I'm about to say you ain't got to ask. Just come on, go ahead, go in. So like, um. And Trice can even vouch for this, my growing pains. When I first got to Grambling State University, man, I was like, man, I got to invest and get out of this rope. That, that, was my, that was my number one objective, that everybody, when I write something or we write something, we come up with something that it gets written. It gets written, it goes in here, whether it's warm-up solos, I don't care if it's Taylor Quinn bass, it has to be on paper to be played. That was the first thing, and like I said, it was difficult. But one thing I noticed about all percussions, I'm not, I'm not even use the term drummer, just all percussions, whether they can read or write it. One thing I noticed about all of them is that when they get better at it and they get more fluent in reading and trying to compose and trying to write out, they actually latch on to it. The initial piece is very scary because it's, it's different. It's something you've never done. So just like we, I said earlier, when you look at a director, um, if a director knows what a cheese pad of flaffa is, even if they can read the rhythm, they can't play it, right? So it's the same principle. When they look at that sheet, you cut the heading off and say, hey, play this. And they're just sitting there staring at it. And it's like, that's one of our basic showcases. And they know it. But when they get to take it home, break it down, and we start doing that, investing that quality time, because the problem is, 
99% of horn players have a director that taught them how to play their scales. Literally, they can recognize their scales on paper, not just play them by ear. So they're going to get money because they can read, right? I use an expression all the time, which is, we're free men, we're not slaves. Slaves can't read. So we can read. So now, as Trice was saying, now when you come into and I say, okay, look, you want to drop some money on a snare drummer. You don't drop money on a snare drummer. You drop money on a percussionist. You drop money on someone that can play xylophones, four mallet. You drop money on somebody that know their rudiments. You drop money on somebody that's actually, hey, I can dabble in timpani, but show me what else. You, you dabble in that person that's trying to literally learn at the university. And they already have a base. The problem is all bands have a band director, but not all drum lines have an instructor. And that's the problem. Not to cut you off. Not to cut you off, Ricardo, but back into the, the stepchild situation. And I know all of us are old to know our grandmas. All right. How many people know that when they grand your grandmas had a book and it had the family tree in it, correct? I know I had a book. My grandma had a book. My dad had a book of the family tree. Think about if you had to learn your family tree by just somebody telling you how hard that'll be. If Mr. it wasn't Nelson for that, thing. yeah, if it wasn't for that book that showed you, hey, this is your grandma. So how many sisters you had? That's just like rudiments. These are your rudiments. These are rows. These are deals. These is what you need to know. Because when you know them, you're going to get to know some other people. You're going to get to know your cousins. I'm called hybrids. And then you're going to get to know your kinfolks, them called stick tricks. And so then, then that that's how the situation, I, I don't understand how kids can learn rudiments by rope. Like that's hard. That's, that's really hard to have to learn 40 rudiments because we always talk about scales. That's only 12. And then you talk about a percussionist, you want us to learn those 12. Oh man, he froze in the middle of a sermon. Damn, I'm gonna throw a wrench in here. Though. All right, go ahead, go ahead, Paul. You got it. So, um, you know, as a percussion instructor for many, many years and working with di different universities, um, I'm also a person who probably just like everybody on here, you work with the inner city kids. We don't work with these private kids, we work with the public student kids, we work with the kids who really ain't came from nothing. Um, we didn't took them off the streets by giving them something. They ain't doing this. We didn't took them out of basketball. We didn't took them out of everything. They didn't went to college. They didn't march. They didn't march swag, meak, all of that. And we see it now. Listening to what a lot of these kids have said in the past, and it kind of made me like, whoa. So I was a rope teacher uh, a lot from that 05 to 08 era. There, there was some reading. You know, I teach you the basics, the one Iana, you know, and, and things of that nature. But as far as playing syncopated beats, I got to teach you for this competition that we got to go in. I don't have time to, to, to actually teach you how to read right now. I just got to teach you how to win this competition. And so when we get to the next level, I had a student tell me, he was like, well, Mr. Woods, I don't understand why I got to learn how to read music. And I was like, you got to learn how to read music. So let me say this. I 100% agree. 
anytime you tap a pad or a drum, you should know how to write that. You should know how to notate it. But here's the argument that, because I also listen to the younger generation or just the, the generation who's really not in it. Mr. Woods, I'm going to college. I just want to chop. I'm going for physical education. I don't want to be a band director. I don't need a scholarship. I just want to chop on the drum line. So now you got, okay, well, you're going to run into an issue if you run, if you go to certain schools like, I can't even name a certain school. It's a lot of schools that, that throw out that sheet music. So they're like, I just want to go to this school and chop because they don't think that that school was reading. When I went to Jackson State in 2005, I didn't complete the year, but the, the very first thing that I heard was, man, Jackson State ain't reading no, uh, uh, no music when it comes to marching band cadences. Jackson State ain't doing this, blah, blah, blah. Soon as I get there, the first thing they do is hand me a sheet music of bear. So it's, it's, a, it's a mental thing to like, I thought y'all said y'all wouldn't read no music. No, that's what you was told. And then, yeah, there was some rote teaching. Absolutely. But for the most part, they also did what Mr. Davis did. They had a catalog. I'm going to teach you this. Oh, you can't learn this? Okay, well, now let me give you this. Because we all know that there's certain students that we're going to play something. We're going to play copycat. Oh, you don't know that? Okay, here, let me give you this piece of paper. And then they kill it. So the discrepancy for a lot of the percussionists is... Why do I need to learn how to read music if this is not my major? This is I'm not on scholarship. I just want to chop on the line. And then foremost, once I get done with college, I don't plan on picking up my sticks. I just want to rep my section. I just want to throw up my side. I just want to, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so I'm listening to the younger ones say that, and I'm kind of like, hey, they got a point. But no, you got to take it a different route because a lot of the kids that I've encountered is, yeah, I'm on scholarship. You can't get around that, my boy. You're going to have to do symphonic band and concert band. You got to learn that music. <laughs> I can't help you. And your mom ain't going to pay that school bill, so you got to learn the music. But I also understand the crowd that's saying, I just want to go to Dega, Lane, uh, North Carolina. I just want to chop. I'm not on, I'm not on uh, scholarship. My mom and them got this other grants and stuff paid for. I just want to chop. And then what, what I say to them is, if that school is producing music and they got a book, you out of luck. And so I think it's like one of those things to where it's like a case-by-case -case scenario, kind of like how you got a lot of kids who go to the SEC or ACC. They have no intention of going to the NFL. They just want to get their college paid for it. And so now I know that's a different segue because you, it's not rudiments, it's not 12 scales, it's, you know, it's not so much of that, but I think it's a fine line between... No, you still got to learn a playbook. You got to learn right. a playbook. You can't, if you, you can't, read, them, if you can't yeah. read your playbook, you will not get in that game because you don't know what you're supposed to be but doing. But the playbook can go different from the scales. The scales are set. 26, 40, 12 scales. Playbook is, I think it's, it's not even really playbook, even though I, I agree with what you're saying. It's really not even playbook, it's attributes. We, you can be a phenomenal athlete, but if you mess up at that combine. So okay. I think, you, you yeah. know what I mean? But, I, and so to, to end it all, and I'll switch it over to y'all, I definitely agree with the rope teaching because that's something I did. I didn't learn how to read music in high school. I was an athlete. I was in track and wrestling. I'm from Ohio. I was a wrestling cat. I had scholarships to go to <laughs> Iowa State. Like I was, 
my little self was picking up, you know, slamming people. But I also had a band director that went to Jackson State, you know, rest in peace, uh, 1986. She was, you know, tall baby Sigma. She was Soro and everything that she told me with your talent. You can't do nothing without this unless you got the eye of the music. Now, that's what changed me. You know, Paul Adams, he jumped in and, you know, I had people kind of jump in and tie in. But I think with me, I just listened to the younger generation. I listened to the ones who, man, you got natural chops, but you can't read. How can I get you to the next level? I think that's where my my connection comes in with that. That's point. Uh, let me say something real quick. And uh, I know we don't like to use this as a judging factor, but um, when kids say, well, I don't really want to be a drum instructor or percussion instructor, I think that is the biggest load of an excuse because, Julian, you did uh, you did DCI, correct? I, uh, yeah, I taught DCI. Okay, so you have kids on the battery and you have kids in the front ensemble. Now, now, be honest, and Quan, you did too. Let, let's let's talk about percentage. How many of them kids, percentage wise, are actually going out to be percussion instructors? It, and, and I see you chuckle because probably, a lot of them, probably like maybe two, three percent, maybe two, three percent. Yeah, very low. Very those low. kids, those kids learn that stuff. They go hard. They learn formalities. They learn timpani. They learn all this other stuff just for the sport. And when they get done with their sport, they go be a doctor. They go be a lawyer. They go be an engineer. They go do this. So when we allow our kids to say, I don't, I ain't trying to be no drum instructor, that's an excuse. That's like a kid saying, hey, I want to I want to be the, Le- the next LeBron James. All right, man, you got to get in the gym and start working out. No, nah, man, I just want to. No, there's no excuse. If that's what you want to do and this is the and this and this is what we are saying that you need to do then you got to do it because a lot of people don't don't like the fact that, you know, we, we use DCI. But a lot of them kids in DCI don't be percussion instructors. They don't. They learn all that stuff for the love and the sport of what they're doing with their competition. And then after they get done with it, then what? They're going to be a veterinarian or something. They go, exactly. They're going to be a regular a regular citizen to society, but they can def- they, they can definitely play a formality piece if they need you. Can so, you imagine hmm? Can you imagine telling your biology teacher, well, <laughs> I really don't want to be a biology teacher, so I'm not going to take I don't care about this course. I just want to graduate. Or oh, what about algebra, right? I'm not going to really, uh, I don't need Pythagorean theorem, right? Um, so I don't really need this class. But you want to graduate. So to get here, it's all these steps to get there. And that's an, And I think what we're doing as a disservice is that, first off, us being instructors, we're allowing children to literally tell us what they want and don't want to do. That's the first mistake, right? So then if I tell you, like if I tell a kid, hey, look, you don't only have to come to practice because you got hands. That ain't going to end with you, right? And it's not fair, right? They still have to do the things to get that reward. And I think when you look at it, I think what we're doing is it just goes back to a lot of us. We're speaking from our personal experiences. I remember in high school, I remember in elementary school, I had instructors that taught me how to read. And I think if you didn't have them, then of course, unless you, you know, back then without the influence of the internet and things like that, then you really kind of just really was a, dealing with rope, right? And I understand that, but I think all of us right now, everybody on this panel can read and compose. 
right? And that was something we all did on our own initiative, right? Because I, I, I wasn't capable like I am now in middle school or high school. I can read pretty much anything you put in front of me, right? But that came from me saying, let me do this a little bit more because I want to take my students to another level in high school and things like that. So I just think, and I understand because I get, you know, you get kids that can play, but they struggle reading. But that's when we as instructors say, you know what, come here. I'm going to make you better. I'm going to take you to the next level. Well, now I don't want to do that. Well, you can't play. You just can't, you can't play on this line because guess what? When I send them home and they say, hey, look, pages 15, 19, 22, and 47, we plan them at the game. You can't read. You come back. The practice is about you. We don't even have that. And you guys know we don't have a lot of time with percussion, right? We're expected to go out there. We got to learn what we're going to learn in that first couple of hours or whatever before while the band is off doing their thing. Then we got to come back and learn with the band. And then we get some sectionals out of the band. But if we make it all rote about the individual, then you start. And what about those kids that actually come from programs with instructors and they can read their butts off? What about them? Because the flip side is now they have to stand that attention, right? They have to stand that attention because they're like, I've been had this. I looked it over. I pretty much got it. But then, I, and then we all know those kids that learn by rope. You got that one kid that can hear it one time. That's what we all want, right? If, if we're going to do a rope, that, that kid can hear it one time and play it back just like that. But what about that kid that needs 16 times, <laughs> right? You know, different things like, or that, that, that not just playing rudiments, but what about the rhythmic accuracy? What about mm -hmm. role modulation, right? And then we're saying, you're dirty, stop, play it again. No, you're not fixing it because they don't know what they're playing from a, from a like role modulation from a standpoint of like that, or what type of notes. How does that, that eight note triplet roll sound versus an eight note um, roll versus a 16th note roll turning to 30 second notes, right? All that stuff is stuff that, we're just spinning our wheels trying to get them to grasp and memorize. You see what I'm saying? You learn math formulas, right? You laugh, you learn math formulas so that when you away, and what do all teachers, this is the last thing I'm gonna say, what do all teachers tell us? Show your work. That's how I know you're not cheating. So for now, me, I chime in. One one thing you tell, can tell, uh, tell her right quick because Quan been trying to get in for like like oh, my, my, my fault, Quan. You know, you so let's do let's do Quan, uh, Kush, and then Dante. So so I'm I'm trying to get everybody because you know I'm on the show normally and I'm I'm gonna take it a, a step further. So for those I don't know, Mr. Kelvin was my drum instructor, like Rick Top. He was my first drum instructor. Guy saved my life, put some drumsticks in my hand after I got expelled from the school. So the whole point is with me. I took it upon myself. I was walking to his house for for uh, private lessons. You know what I'm saying? Because my band director was like, hey, real talk, the type of environment we got in the school right now, I can't teach you how to read. That's, exact, that's his exact words. And when I got to PV, uh, I ended up learning my rudiments from him, honestly, struggling through my audition. And then I hooked up with people like Larry and he's on a uh, chicken, Justin, my uh, other crab brothers to teach me because I wanted to, I was a music major, right? I was that, I was that dude that was in a remedial music class with the kids that need a humanities grade that's back here. Like, okay, so this is one, I was, I was that dude. So I'm not about to sit up here and like, I was just super cold. Nah, bro. I was the one that was struggling to learn how to read that made that, but I knew this was my calling and I, I had to do what I had to do. 
Now, with that being said, the reason why we're a lot uh, behind on against our counterparts is because of what we just said. And I always talk about infrastructure on the show. We don't even have real percussion instructors for the most part at the high schools. When when I student I taught, I student taught at a uh, in a county called Fort Bend. And I'm not going to say the school name, but let me just say this. The staff had seven people. Seven. Guess how much their percussion staff was? Four people. We had two front ense- two front ensemble techs, right? They had, uh, yeah, basically, we're talking Devin Miles. So they had two front ensemble techs. They had a percussion instructor. They had a battery tech. And then they had parent volunteers that would come to the school that marched for like Oklahoma. Uh, one guy had marched for the cadets and his son was in that line. So when we even talking about uh, uh, economic aspect, they already beating us from that. I teach at a school called Worthing. And, 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 and uh, in Houston, when it comes to predominantly black schools, it's a revolving door for band directors. So how are you going to have a percussion instructor? If you have two people on staff, you're lucky, right? So now they expect you to make a dollar out of 15 cents. Now you got to build the band, but I got to build the band. And most, let's be honest, most of the time, our kids be like, well, I want to play drums. It's kind of like we were saying earlier, playing drums is quote unquote masculine, or it's it's a connection to our culture, right? So we get that. But here's the issue though. I got to keep his attention quick. So I got to teach by rote to keep him. But yet and still, I know if he's trying to go to college, I got to teach him music. Now, hopefully I can get him in the class because we're not even going to talk about uh, scheduling issues, right? So it's so many aspects of why we're behind that even outside of the writing cadences. Now, the writing cadences portion, it's the university's fault. We're just going to keep it a buck. That's the university's fault because that's how you lose stuff over time. And that's when you have old heads be like, Man, they ain't play that part right like we was back in 9-4, bro. Well, how? You didn't write it. So I, I see the best of both. I see both both sides. But writing music is, is important. But again, <laughs> we're not going to say no names, but a lot of colleges don't have percussion instructors that's really teaching. And they be sitting in them seats till they vital, and they can't get nobody new in there until they die. So if we just going to keep it a buck, it's it's a blessing like uh uh Mr. Ricardo and Mr. Calvin that they're actually they're pushing their alma maters and their drum lines because they understand the tradition, they got somebody to continue the tradition and they're writing music. But how many people real talk? Somebody standing in front of that line that possibly don't know, they don't know the culture, they don't know the school, they don't know the history, they don't know the background, they don't know the cadences, and the cadences wouldn't written down. So how you expect them to survive? That's all. That's why we behind. <clears throat> so you got aspects like uh, me and Larry, and, like we like Chino Hills. Chino Hills is basically the feeder pattern of the Blue Devils. And every year what they do, it's a nothing but a feeder pattern. And they send their kids to the Blue Devils. Most of their warmups is the same thing, the Blue Devils. I mean, I've seen Scott Johnson and their parking lot. It's a It's a different system. So that's our problem. Our problem is we're behind because our systems are not the same. So when you talk about prime example, like if you look at Southern University, Southern University is one of the most traditional drum lines you're going to ever see in HBCU history. 
But I feel like they're they've been held back, not because of talent is because sometimes we're so stuck in tradition. Now, I don't know if they write their cadences or not, but could you imagine real talk if we started having HBCU parking lots where you could purchase the book from that particular university? Because sometimes, you know, we try to be secret squirrels with our cadences. You dig what I'm saying? But what if you, what if you was real talk, the warm up that Jackson State play, if it was copywritten and then sold just like these books are being sold, like by the Blue Devils, our whole culture would be completely different. That's, that's, all, that's, that's, that's why we're for your drum line. Say it again, bro. Yep, that's 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 you drum need. Heads for your drum line. When yeah. people want to start, because mm-hmm. everybody want to be like WT now. But think about if WT was selling all this stuff that people wanted to do it instead of watching it on, the, on YouTube. How much revenue would that, that would have? Because that's revenue. We watch all the Blue Devil stuff and we order all that stuff. Hey, man, y'all in my business, man. Get out of my business, man. <laughs> we, we might get... <laughs> <laughs> we, <laughs> we might get... Got, hey, we might get Diddy for coming. free, but... I got, a, I got a book coming, bro. <laughs> I already know, because I, I got the packet from, from Jackson State, and I went through it with my kid, and I went through every single one. And and, and it's like, we like, man, we got to learn all this? Yeah, and I'm going to learn it with you. Because you want to go here? Come on, let's go. And, and, and instructors got to be like that, too. Oh, you want to go to what? You want to go to Liberty? All right, well, shoot, let's go watch a Liberty video. Let me see if I can get you and see what they're doing and, and, and get you there. And that, that's the difference between drumming, because when you play trumpet, you can really play trumpet anywhere. You just got to learn that, that style of the band. But see, drumming is a whole different thing. We got styles and we got swacks and meacks and CX and all this other stuff. And we got so much that we got to do. And then for us to let somebody use an excuse, and we fell in our kids. Mm-hmm. That's one one thing that Quan uh, actually he hit it on the head with um, how much stuff can just be lost in the sauce from year to year to year, you know, um, you know, by not writing these cadences out. Um, one one of the arguments, or I'm not even gonna say it's an argument, but one one of the conversations I have with you know some of the people that I march with is, man, just think if we wrote down everything that we put on the field, because you know I went to we went to PV, we did features. If all that stuff was in a book, oh my goodness, like, and and I'm I'm not trying to be I'm not trying to be cocky like the like people at MD. Oh, how you feel like the people at uh, Norfolk would be. But some of that stuff was like light years ahead of its time. And just to think if you could just go back and, you know, put it in front of the line right now. Now, the other thing as far as just with, um, you know, reading and writing, it, it does start at the top. It starts with the director. It has to trickle down to that section later because now you're thinking about time. How much time do you really have now? Nowadays, back in the day, you can stay until three and four o'clock in the morning. Now, you know what? Band practice is over at nine, so you probably only have maybe an hour. So you know what? Having having that having that sheet music in front of you is gonna make a big difference, top to bottom. Now, on the other end of that. It, it, there are some things that you do have to have to do by rope. You know, it's some stuff that you can't learn out of a book. It's some stuff that you just have to see it. You know, like you can't teach swag, you know? So, you know what, when I, when I'm doing this or the way I'm attacking the drum or when I'm the sticking and stuff like that, I get it. 
stuff like that, that that should be taught by rote. But as far as just patterns, put it on paper. I wish that was something that we implemented, you know, back when I marched. Remember what you said earlier? Oh, oh never mind. I was going to ask. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, um, I don't know, like, how it is in y'all's area, because I want to say I'm probably the only one representing South Carolina on this call right now, well, on this, on this chat. But um, I'll speak on how bad off it is in the state of South Carolina. Um, most don't really know, but, like, down here, we're pretty much last on the totem pole. And when I say the last, like, we're slow. We get everything, like, at the end. Like, after everybody else, then I already got it. So, um, me being a percussion instructor over my uh, my alma mater, my high school, I can speak on how it was when I was there. We didn't have a percussion instructor. Like, and I love my band director from back then, you know what I'm saying, just as much as I loved him back then, you know, right now. But, I mean, he went to South Carolina State, and he wasn't too fond of or, or really too much worried about basically making sure that we were properly assisted uh, with rhythms and just understanding percussion. I mean, it literally would turn into like, hey, one of y'all get over here and just make something up or y'all play, you know what I'm saying? Things like that, it would turn into that or it would turn into just, we were fitting for ourselves like because we were all we had. Like, And so then, like, let's fast forward to now. Is that what a stepchild that's how we can say we yeah yeah I guess you can say that. Yeah, I guess you say that for back then um but then when I graduated from college my degree is in music industry when I graduated from college um the banner the current band director he asked me to basically come and be the percussion instructor at Wilson High School and because I marched with him in high school I was like well shoot you know that's cool I'll you know come and help out as soon as I got there and this isn't to belittle any of the students that I had when I first got there in 2018 when I first got there, like none of those kids had a clue. And when I say they didn't have a clue, they didn't have a clue about nowhere near half of the rudiments. I'm talking about like the basic rudiments. Did not understand how to properly count a half note, quarter note, 16th note, trip. I mean, just all kinds of things. So like, I at that point, you know what I'm saying? You kind of get, I won't say frustrated, but you kind of like backtracking you because you got to do the work of all of the work that was not done from that elementary school and middle school level and then high school level. I'm talking about these people like juniors and seniors. So it's like, you know, you got to try to scramble up knowing it's going to take you a little bit longer than, you know, a year to two years to process years worth of knowledge that you're really supposed to have prior to you going to college. So it turns into like what Paul said. It's kind of like you and pretty much all y'all have said it. It's, it you're teaching for them to properly learn the correct way and learn rhythms and learn your rudiments and challenge them. But the chat, the real challenge as a percussion instructor comes in and, you know, we know how to handle it. Granted, not complaining at all, but it's just that um, the difficult part being that the kids do not know prior to high school and prior to you being a percussion instructor is, is you're practicing to perform versus practicing to understand because it's like the schedule and the time is rolling the band has a band show for the upcoming year you got these performances coming up and then in drumline rehearsal you trying to teach how to read music but then you can't devote too much time to doing it because you gotta have this ready for this deadline for the band director so it's like and then you can't i mean these high school kids you can't really schedule them on weekends because you gotta deal with their parents so it's like how are you able to really 
you know what I'm saying, really get them there. So it's, it turns into a lot. It's a whole lot to it. So it's like a lot of the kids, I feel like a lot of this comes in prior to high school. And it, it's lack of the, the proper teaching for these kids to really grow up and really understand rhythm, rhythms. And then we got to basically pick up the slack. And then when they get to college, like some of these high school guys that still don't have collegiate or percussion instructors, they go into college and they still don't know how to read. You see what I'm saying? So it's like, and it, and I know people look at it, I guess, like, well, how you don't know how to read? A lot of states do not have access or, or people that even want to be in those roles to take on that amount of work to get students to understand what it is to read rhythms and, and to interpret this and interpret that. A lot of people are impatient and they don't want to have the patience to sit down to teach those kids that. But when you do it, I do think that um the kids are very appreciative of it. And whether people know it or not, like even if it had never been done, you're starting a new tradition. Being that percussion instructor to help these kids reach collegiate um, expectation when they get there so that way they're properly prepared or at least better prepared than what they were versus not being prepared at all. But I do know like down here in South Carolina, it's bad off, man. Because when I went to state, like I was, I didn't know how to read music like really well at all. I got help from my, my step, um, not my stuff. I got help from my godfather because he's he was a band director. And so he helped me like at the very last minute. And here I was trying to sit here sight reading my audition. And I was, you know what I'm saying, just as clueless, like looking at the music, like, okay, well, I'm going off of what I know a little bit of this, so I'm gonna try to play this. I got in, and then here it was auditions, Tim Green. All y'all should know Tim Green. He was the percussion instructor. I mean phenomenal. We getting there, I'm looking at sheet music that got all kind of time signatures and hybrid rudiment i mean everything you can think of and i'm sitting here like how i didn't have a clue on how to read it but once i like had people around me your crab brothers and stuff and you know the percussion instructor they help that has that's what helps a lot of people so like me being there and receiving that challenge of music and then having it broken down is actually what i think helps a lot of people to understand that stuff but you can't just go somewhere and not know how to play and then you ain't trying to learn how, how to read the music. You got to like basically get there and you got to put forth that effort because it's not going to happen. Nobody's going to force you to do it. You got to want to learn how to read and want to learn how to become a better instrumentalist like or percussionist, whatever. But you're, I mean, whether it be horn, anything like dance, all that stuff, it's all rhythms. Everything consists of rhythms. Music is nothing but rhythm and tone. So it's like, a lot of that I feel stems from younger than high school, in my opinion, and it's and that's a tradition. Like unfortunately, it's it's traditionally done to where it is not instilled in these kids prior to them going to colleges. And then you got the wrong people in the college level sitting there in positions, and they don't even know what they're doing. They just basically racking up accolades because of the name of the school or the name of the section. So it's like can't really go off that, but. And that ain't to knock nobody, but I'm just be, I'm just speaking facts, man. Like that's that's really what it is. It's most won't say it, but it's it's rough out here. It's it's rough. It's rough. Shout out to Tim Green. I yeah, know one of the uh, one of the questions I always ask Quan whenever I whenever I come up to Worthing is, well, what what's your feeder program look like, or how often do you go down down the street, or you know what you, you know what are they doing down there? And honestly, it's man. If it's bad here, if it's bad there, it's it got to be the worst here. <laughs> I well, mean, I, but I oh, go ahead, go, go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. 
Well, I, I was going to say that that Lace and Quan basically touched on something that I was going to bring up anyway, but y'all kind of fed into it, right? Because, you know, by the grace of God, I've been blessed to to teach on all different levels and, and a plethora of different situations. So I've been in the more affluent areas and I've also been in the and what you know what they call the urban areas and one of the things that that i have been privy to and, and experienced myself is that like Quan said in the urban areas they're not funding these particular situations i know that me as a band director i've been i've been a part of a staff or i've had i was the third assistant but i've also been in a in a situation where i've been the only band director right and me being a person who actually cares about what this what the students are learning I did the best that I could to try to teach my percussion students how to read music. But I also understood that I got a game in like four days. So those kids, unfortunately, are not going to be able to get the amount of knowledge that I'm trying to teach them in, in these three to four days that I'm trying to get this music out here so that we can be able to have this show so that we can have something respectable to put on the field. And so unfortunately, what it comes down to is I may have a couple of percussion kids who leave and they can't read, but that is that. And that makes that look like it's a reflection on myself. And it's really not what I, what I earnestly believe in and Quan kind of hit it as well as I earnestly believe it starts at the university level. And we talk about this a lot on the show. It's because of the fact that you have a lot of people who are leaving these programs and all they want to do is crank up. And when they get to these programs, they're there. They can either be percussionists or or drummers or they're they're quote unquote band heads. And they get to these they get to these uh, programs or they don't get to their these programs and they go to some middle school program. And then they try to make that middle school program crank up instead of teaching the kids what they're supposed to know from the middle school level. And so when they get to high school, they're not prepared at high school. And then there's probably not a drum instructor there. And that high school band director is like, well, shoot, we got to put a show on the field. And hey, he can play this. He can play this rhythm. So, hey, it's we good. We just roll it and make it roll like that until they get into somebody's university and the cycle continues. So I think that's another issue and another thing that we have to look at. We have to look at what's happening at these university programs, too, and the instructors that they have at that particular level. And that's just that's just my personal opinion. Uh, I know Dante has been trying to get in there. Go ahead, Dante. All right. So first off, uh, what's up, everybody? Hope you all are well. Um, I'm going to try to answer both questions uh, together because um, this is a lot to unpack here. Um, but with the one that's on the screen, are we behind our counterparts due to the tradition of not writing cadences? Um, I'll be completely honest with it. That has nothing to do with it at all. Um. So first off, uh, let, let me go back about the stepchild thing. Um, so in programs where the percussionists are respected as musicians, um, they don't have that issue. They're not treated like stepchildren or probably not as, as, as much. Um, but if they're respected and treated like musicians, then it does. it's not really a problem. When they're back there to, y'all got to keep the time, then it becomes an issue. Um, because they're not held to the same musical standard as everybody else. Um, and then you're going to have issues like, okay, cool. Well, y'all go learn something, you know, and just bring it back to the group uh, as opposed to having to read a part that's on the page. Um, and I, I kind of leave that alone. That's, that's going to vary. I think Quan was up first and he was like, um, yes and no, it's going to depend on the program. Um, so it's kind of hard to really put that on everybody. Um, getting to the current question. Um, 
I definitely come from a program where our traditional material is not on paper. Um, so all of our marching cadences, um, all of our staying cadences are things that are taught. It's taught by rote. Um, it did hurt a little bit when Larry on was like, yeah, in 2022, we got to get rid of rote teaching. Um, I earnestly believe that that's a part of the process, though, of getting better. Um, and I'm a product of that. And I'll explain why. Uh, so when I got to NSU, reading wasn't my issue. Um, but I had just started playing drums going into my junior year. Um, so I ran into the issue when they passed out music. I would play it the first time and I can I pretty much can read it through. All right. The issue is you ain't going to have that music on the field. So it took me forever to memorize the music to be able to get on the field. My rookie brothers that, you know, play something real quick and they can hear it. They were running the music back as soon as they heard it. And that was my struggle. Had I did more rote learning, I probably would have been better or, or had it been coupled with, you know, listen to the music, see how it feels and be able to mimic it. Hey, this is what it looks like on paper as well. Um, so we can't get rid of one and try to make it seem like, oh, everything has to be on paper. Um, that's not how we learn. Uh, you learn how to talk and you listen to words and you speak words before you learn how to read them on paper. All right. So it's almost like, you know, we get to that that European. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and go there. We're going to get to that European train of thought where, hey, the music has to be on paper. Like this is all, you know, this is it. Read the music. It's not that's not the case. All right. Um, so let's not be ashamed of, you know, road learning. Like that's something that can make you good. Um, that being said, you got to be able to read the music, too. <laughs> I, I don't think it's I don't think it's a European type thing. But if okay, let's say we do go there. Marching band is literally European. It is European. Like what we do it, what we did from Africa, chopping down a tree, concave, animal skin, boom, boom, boom. That's not that's a, yeah, that's yeah, that's drumming. That's not that's not that's not uh battery and ensemble. So when you look at most of our programs we come from, they all came from where? Michigan State, right? Like it is European. What can anybody name a a famous marching band from um from from the Congo? I'm just saying, like it, it literally is Europe. What we're doing is it is European. They came up with it. You look at Grammar State University at FAMU, you look at Prairie View. Those Michigan, those schools were doing this way before we were doing it. So it is European. The instruments are European. We didn't have snares in Africa. Right? We didn't, the snare was introduced to the Congo through the Belgians, right? Who are Europeans. And I'm not saying we have to throw away our identity to do that, right? But if we're going to participate in the sport of it, then you have to learn the rules of the game. You can't, you can't, if I'm playing chess, you can't be playing backgammon. That's the game on the other side of the board that nobody play, right? You, you know what I'm saying? It, it's just, you, if you're going to play the game, you really got to follow the rules of the game as well. Because if you don't, then what you have you have is our children, which is the future, in a position where they're losing. 
right? And I'm not, and by no intents and purposes, am I saying um, that we should be Europeans? I'm not saying that at all, right? I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is the marching sport is, if you want to call it that, it's a European sport. The instruments, the sticks, remote. The, hi the history. The history. If you learn your percussion history, when we learn percussion history in school, we learned about right. a lot of stuff that didn't really come from Africa. Now, when we're talking about hand drumming, Correct. we're talking about Latin percussion and all the other stuff, Latin percussion and all the other stuff. Now you can take your traces back to Africa. But when we're talking about militant marching and everything like that, Africa didn't really have no militants to wear out everything like that. Like all the all the all the calls and all the roles and everything like that, all that came from the Europeans. Yep. When you look at the, the, the 13, um the 13 original rudiments. European. European, hands down. <laughs> European hands down. We didn't get 23? American until we got what 26. 26, hands down, European. 40, hands down, European. Right? So when you give a kid and say, hey, pay this paddle flapper, it's European. And it's in a book. And we know none of us are born playing hybrids or rudiments at all. So either we're learning by rote, but the person that gave it to the world literally put it on paper. Because we wouldn't even know what these things are. We go to Ninja um, Drumish, right? You go to the website. That's all literally on paper, electronically, right? But it's it's written. You see what I'm saying? So, and I understand, because I don't like to, and I guess what I'm saying is I don't like to use the whole paradigm of black and white when it comes to percussion. You know what I'm saying? Because guess what? I've seen some bad hand drummers that were European. So it, I don't want to, I don't think we should do that because we already have a, a lot of divisiveness, you know, and I know the brother's not trying to do that. I know he's not trying to do that. But I'm saying there's already a lot of divisiveness anyway. But it's, if you want to learn that, then you have to learn it. Like, and that's just, and I think all too often we become the people that, hey, show it to me. Show it. But what happens when there's in the family unit, there's nobody to show you certain things. Right? If you don't have a father to show you how to tie a tie, what do you do? Right? Go you look at a video or whatever, but you still have to try to learn it, right? So it's the same principle. I just think that I don't want to, I don't want to. And I think everybody on this panel, I've heard of every single person on this panel. And I'm not exaggerating. I've heard of you guys, and I know you guys can play. Flat out. I know you guys can play. I know you know what you're doing, right? Um, I've seen you guys. I've seen videos of all you guys. And some of you guys I talk to, you know, here and there. And some of you guys I talk to you almost at least once a week, maybe once every other week, right? And what I can tell you about everybody is that everybody on this panel has more influence than they really think. And that if they actually push the narrative of learning to read, it's gonna trickle down. Cause I see it in the PC. A lot of people avoid post just dealing with reading music. They just avoid it. But guess what? Um, chopping, thumping, <laughs> right? All that stuff gets a million comments. And then, hey man, portraits and rhythm. Crickets, same five people, <laughs> same five people, Portraits of Rhythms, right? Um, um, my, um, Morris Goldberg, um, snare drumming, modern snare drumming, crickets, right? 
So that's what I'm saying. I, I mean, and I'm not saying, and I think also dealing with rote, I think a lot of problems we have is that, is that a people, as a people, we're so visual, and that's a strength we that's a strength we have, it's a beauty we have, but we're so visual from the way we dress, the style, the whole night, everything we try to do. To the world, we give visual that I think sometimes we forget that we have to make our mark and write it down and cement it as well. When you look at one of the earliest civilizations from Sumer to Egypt, it's on the walls. The metal net is on the walls. It is not verbal. None of us speak it, right? None of us speak it, but it's on the walls because they knew how important it was. They invented paper. Paper comes from papyrus. That's how important it is. And I'm, you can take it from anywhere shape, form, or fashion. When you do your taxes, you don't do your taxes by rope. Right? You, you don't get a job by rope. You fill out that application. So it's important. I think all of us can push it because, and listen, I'm, I'm a little bit biased. I'm going to be honest with you. I know Mr. Barry going to be biased as well. And I know Mr. Quan, I don't try. You know why? Everybody on this, everybody that teaches here and everybody teaches, we're going to be biased because we need people that can read. So I can't just say, you know, let's let's do rote. I can understand a small fraction of rote, but man, I need people that can read because guess what? When I marched, we could come back after leaving the cab and play the two, three in the morning. You do that now, you'll get a call in the office. Plain and simple. So that we and guess what? And now, but to offset it, we got technology. You can make a group. You can make a group, me, a Facebook private group where you can show things behind the scenes. They can work when they're not even at school. So we got the we got the tools. We don't have a lot of the finances, but guess what? This I'm gonna show you something I learned in high school when I was teaching a high school line. How many of our kids have a high school that's near a fast food restaurant? Why aren't they sponsoring the band or the drum line? The kids are eating out of school every day, spending hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. It's a tax write-off. Right? You, you come buy us a set of drums, spend $15,000, $20,000. It's a tax write-off. You get free publicity. But we don't even push that angle. And I know I got some things I'm in the works working with. Mr. Barry, I can see it on his face. Some things like stick endorsements and things like that, um, symbols, things like that. I got four sets of drums now. And I remember when I marched, what you practice on is what you play with. But it's ways to get it. Yeah. We just gotta start. We just gotta start coming together. But hey, I, I just need people there to read. I ain't gonna lie to you. No, but I, I, I feel you, though, Mister Davis. But I, I don't want my comment to be be misconstrued. Oh, no, I know, brother. That's why I said I wouldn't charge you. I yeah, he, he he made it very clear that he wasn't he wasn't getting on you specifically. He yeah he yeah. he made that very clear. I understand. I understand. I understand your point. I understand. I, I'm not I'm not charging you at all. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, that was definitely a great way to end that in that topic, man. He gave us the history. He, he started putting out them nuggets, man. Hey, I'm gonna let you know now, Justin. I ain't paying attention to what you're talking about in the chat, man. You, you <laughs> I'm just letting you know right now. All right, man. Uh, let's go ahead and get ready to go to the next topic, man. If you're just tuning in, welcome everybody to Talk That Talk. We have the unfiltered, unscripted, uncomfortable conversations about band, HBCU band culture, music, music education, and more. Go ahead and smash that like, Daddy, for all these percussionists we got on the panel right now, man. We ain't got nothing but percussionists, except for me, obviously, uh, on the panel right now, man. So go ahead and smash that like, Daddy, for these percussionists. 
Passion Is. And also, please make sure you subscribe to the Passion Is Network and turn on notifications. This episode will be up on all of your podcasting networks tomorrow. Just look for us at Real Talk That Talk. Man, I actually, I actually had like four topics, but we ain't gonna get to that third one. I'm just gonna let y'all. I mean, that fourth one, it, it may be tight. All right, so let's don't, go ahead. Don't, don't treat us like the stepchilds. Give us every topic you had. If if Look, we was man, on, players, I'm like, we I tried. I tried. Right, try, Quan knows this. I try <laughs> to keep it at least under two hours, but I don't know, man. It, it, the way this is going, man, it, we might make it to three and four. I'm, I'm going to try to hold on. All right. If, if I fall asleep during the joint, don't be upset. All right, here we go. Let's get to the next one, man. All we do. Well, excuse me. I don't, I don't play percussion. All y'all do is entertain. All y'all do is entertain. Y'all ain't teaching nothing. All y'all do is entertain. Uh, Lace, I'm going to let you go first. Okay, so... <laughs> like what? I mean, I see, I hear your statement. What you like? What do you want me to touch on? With that statement, well, that's true. How you do? You feel like all all? Do you feel like what most of the what is produced is entertainment, or are you all actually teaching some pedagogy out there? No, I don't. I personally don't feel like everybody's only being taught to entertain. I do feel like that is a that should be a part of you know what I'm saying what you do because it makes no sense to literally stand there as a percussionist and especially if you know your stuff and you just like who just stands there you know what i'm saying like you you would be bored just standing there if you did nothing but just no flashes no movement no head nod no like that nobody does that like all of that stuff so it's like that word entertainment is very broad so it, it can be taken in different ways like entertainment can literally be just a simple foot top a foot i'm not a foot top foot tap it could be a flash, it could be a head nod, like so. I feel like, as far as entertainment, it would just depend on what people perceive to be or consider to be entertainment. Like, are you talking about a bunch of flips? Are you talking about, you know, a bunch of dancing? Are you talking about a bunch of drum stunts? Whatever. Like, I just don't feel like all we do is entertain. Um, as an instructor, I know personally speaking on my children, I know I don't teach them to only entertain. I teach them. Not even just about rhythms. I talk to them about like real life stuff because drumming applies to life. It literally applies to life. Like day-to-day livelihood is exactly what drumming is. Rhythms apply to time. Time is like more central than we think. It's more central than we think. So I always apply things of that nature. Like, so I feel like that's not all we do. I can't speak for everybody else, but I know that's not that's not all I do as a percussion instructor because if it's just about entertainment and entertainment, then I feel like I'm failing my students. Cause what happens, you know what I'm saying? When you take away entertainment and you just, and we having a conversation like this right here. And then you have people that are only solely into the entertainment and they don't want to listen. So it's like, you gotta, you gotta appreciate conversation first before you can just sit out here and just entertain. So I feel like the pedagogy, pedagogy that you're talking about, you no, know, like, I feel like certain people do actually talk about things of that nature and they teach those types of things. Cause it's, it's all about people taking things with them when they get ready to go to these colleges. Cause you ain't, you might go to a school that might not do much entertainment. They might not. I know we went to South Carolina state. We didn't do all of the, you know what I'm saying? The backflip. We didn't do all that stuff. Like we just usually just stand, they do some chop feet. It was very court stylish. So 
we didn't do all that. So we learned a whole lot of different things in different aspects. So I just personally think that, um, in my opinion, from how I teach my kids, I don't teach them to only entertain. But do I teach them to entertain? Yes. Because entertainment is you got to lock the audience in at all costs. Whether it be from the the intricacy of the music or the fact that you literally can play so well in time and you're in sync. Like things of that, like it just appeal, you got to learn how to appeal to the deaf and the blind. That's what I teach them. So appealing to the deaf and the blind means if I'm going to appeal to the deaf, I need to entertain because they can't hear what I'm, you know what I'm saying? They can't hear what I'm playing. So they need to be able to see some sort of entertainment. If I'm just standing still and we ain't moving, the deaf going to get up and they're going to go get some popcorn. You know what I'm saying? If they blind, they can hear what I'm playing. So that's where the reading music and stuff like that comes in at. Or if you want to go by the rope, you know, whatever it is. It got to sound good. It's got to be very meticulous. It can't be just all over the place. That's why, personally, I admired, um, for SWAC-wise, I admire WT a lot. My kids love Jackson State University. They love Talladega. But, I, you know, I, I teach them, I show them different clips of just different schools. They always want to go to these different schools. But whatever school they look at, I always point out those two things, the deaf and the blind. If it can't appeal to both, then it ain't working. But... That's my two cents, y'all. I got to slide because I got to get on this conference call because the grind don't stop. But I love all y'all. Mr. Barry, I'm, I, I think I reached out to you before, but I got to reach back out to you about some of my kids because they head over heels. But as far as that WT comment I made, the reason why I admire WT so much is because for them to play the way that they play, they are very meticulous and they look identical. I mean, it is literally so militant. And it's like, it's like, dang, how can they play like that? You know what I'm saying? And really, any school in the swag, Southern, all types of schools, um, in Million Dollar Flux Squad, all these schools, and me, I just admire any HBCU because it takes a lot of work to do what we do, period. Like, that's a lot of hard work. Whether you know how to read music or not, it's talent, man. Like, everybody can't read, but they got talent. You know what I'm saying? Even older people. Everybody, some people dropped out of school in seventh grade, but they smart. You know what I'm saying? So they know skill, they know talent. So that's my two cents. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump in real quick. It. Well, I was I was gonna get you next. I was I was definitely gonna get you next. So, but I just want to make sure we we see her off, man. We appreciate you. Uh, appreciate enjoy you. your conference call. Go make that bread. Ain't no problem, y'all. Y'all be easy. Right. I'm gonna heat up, Mister Bear. No problem, sweetie. Anytime. All right. Uh, I want to. All we do is entertain. Is just a fruit of what we do because of uh, the main concept that I preach from marching in War and Thunder even in the 97s was the family aspect. Um, that is the reason why that drum section is so cohesive because the family dynamic is so strong. And when you hear them and see them, it's a feeling that's coming from the heart. So if I can teach you to love your brother, regardless of where y'all coming from, and we come together on this drum, that's the fruit. Now we entertaining you because we're a family. That oneness, that that discipline, all that come from just us loving one another. I, I preached it. I only took this job in 2019 to bring that back to the section. Because these cats are chopping, man. They playing their behinds off. I mean, they they oh, we got kids from everywhere that's on on some higher level, bro. They composing. So, but one thing I was missing, they can't get along. <laughs> they can't get along. Cause uh you from this area, you the man, and you from this area, it's that I mentality. So I wanted to get that out of the line 
and bring that family, that cohesiveness back. And then now we can entertain, now we can rock the crowd because we all brothers and sisters on this line, you know, rocking out together. So even with the Pelicans drum line and even the piggyback with the music thing, you know how I help these kids read music? I write a fire cadence and I teach it to them on paper. And I say, now we're going to rock this at the Pelican game. So now everybody want to read because everybody want to go see Chris Paul or Anthony Davis or they want to be treated like a celebrity. Well, guess what? Chops get your membership. Theory get your scholarships. So now you about to get paid because you're reading this music. Now I'm about to help you get paid. Because if you want to come to Jackson State, we have a high standard. We had 60-something students that uh, auditioned off top. I cut 20. Off top. Before even inviting them to the school. Just watching the video. Watching their hands. Watching how they played the percussion packet, which was all written out. 20 kids got cut. So now the 40 that's left, we're going to see you in person. Not only are we, okay, you can read a little bit or you was watching our videos, but now you got a sight read for them. Now you got to play a timpani piece. Now you got to play a mallet piece. And then some of them said, well, Mr. Barry, I just want to, I just want to be, I just want membership. Well, if you want membership, you still got a sight read. You still got to know your 40 because we're not about to spend all day trying to teach you a snap part. And we got a show in Miami this weekend, then a battle of bands next weekend. So I need you to still know how to sire. You still got to know your 40. That's the requirements for my membership. So without that, you can't make the line. So that 40 went down to like 20. So, and then of course the needs. And also we start to retain students more because we're focusing on the education part of it. Don't come here for one year and just try to march. Just for some letters. We ain't having it. We ain't having it. Real one thunder is you're going to come here and you're going to teach somebody else and you're going to carry your butt to class. I got students right now in the spring. You miss a percussion ensemble, you miss a concert band, you ain't playing for the day with the bull. I sat down five percussionists because they, they slipping in the classroom. So we don't just entertain, we got to raise them up. We got to, we got to, you know, show them that discipline. And we just gotta bring that old school militant love back, man. I do this because I love you. Now, if I don't tell you nothing, I don't care about you. Raise them standards. That's it, man. So that's that's my heart on the situation, brother. Dope. All right, uh, Quan. All we do, or dang, I keep saying we. All y'all do is entertain. So all y'all do, flashes and symbol flashes and stick tricks. Y'all ain't y'all ain't teaching nothing. But go ahead, Quan. Uh, actually, bro, I'm, I'm gonna pass it to to somebody else, bro. Uh, I I know that's not to be true, but you know what I'm saying. I'm gonna pass it to somebody else. So. Whoever Julian you want to say could pick that up, they they got it, bro. Because you really can't come back after the, after that, bro. I mean that's true, but I mean we got to keep the conversation going. I mean, hey, I I, I got something for you. Uh, <laughs> we go ahead, Paul. Yeah, because it's like all we do is entertain, and and the only thing that you know, even you know, reading it earlier, being a percussionist, being a professional, you know, gigging, doing it professionally teaching this is all i think of ain't we supposed to ain't we supposed to entertain like and so it's like i get the segue of each one teach one you know mentor kids send them to college but that's what we're supposed to do is entertain that's how i got the dude that was selling the nickel bags off the street i tricked him with the the high mom the stick tricks 
But then when I got him in, I was like, hey, you know the 16th note is? All right, I know you see me do this, and I know you see me do all of this, but do you know what it means to crescendo? I, you know, so you got to pull them in with something. Not everybody. Every, some, some people are going to be a little different. Some people are musically talented. Some kids grow up in that elementary program because there's not a lot of them. But some kids do, let's be honest. And so when you coming from, and you know, me growing up in Columbus, Ohio, it's the inner city. It's, it's a lot to do out here. But a lot of people ain't doing nothing but playing basketball, football, business. It's a sports city. So to see a kid at the corner store dribbling a basketball in Ohio is very normal. To see a kid on some roller skates, you know, skateboard, very normal. If you seen a kid twirling some cymbals at the corner store, you'd be like, he was tripping. <laughs> that's a little different. But then when I went down south, that's the norm. That's, that's what they do in Lithonia, Georgia. That's what they do in Charlotte, North Carolina. Like that's in Texas. Oh, oh, that's a band kid. He twirling. That's what's up. He gonna go somewhere. So the demograph has a lot to do with it, but entertainment, that's what we're supposed to do. That's what grabbed me into watching PV back in 96 and, and 97. Like, did he really just do a flip with the symbol? And so it's like, no, nah, that's not possible. Time out. Did Grambling really just come in and do this? Did, you know, like, did... Florida A&M really just did a double time timeout. That's entertainment because entertainment to me has a lot to do with before I hit the drum. It has a lot to do with parade rest, attention, you know, responses, drum line. Hey, bam. Hey, you know, gimmicks, drum majors coming out. So that right there alone is entertainment. And in many places, whether your football team is good or not, they come to see the band. They come to see the band show out. So, I think it's up to us as percussion instructors and musical educators. Yeah, we got to, you know, break everything down. We got to break the polyrhythms down. We got to let them understand what it means to get a scholarship. And once you get a scholarship, then what? And then open it up to musical, you know, opportunities. Absolutely. But it's definitely entertainment because I've had a lot of kids that has went to many schools, you know, such as Jackson State, Stillman. South Carolina State, Norfolk, all because how did you get those bronze symbols to move like that? Like, how did you do? That's entertainment. And so when you see that entertainment, then we're able to bring them in and tell them, this is what you can do with this particular drum. This is the future you can possibly have. I think the entertainment aspect gets overlooked because, you know, ain't nobody, man, listen, ain't nobody watching uh, Chris Paul, if he ain't coming in running point guard the way he's supposed to, Kyrie Irving, he they coming in, yeah they yeah they gonna run the point, yeah they gonna operate the team, but I need to see a live every night now and then. I need to see a behind the back pass. I need to see that. Yeah, I know we say that for the N one league and we say that for the Globe Trotters and everything, but I still need to see that. No one is inbounding the ball going up score. Inbound score, inbound score. It's got to be some sort of entertainment in between. I think the, the education aspect is like we all agree. That's where we come in as educators and, you know, everything. So um, it's also what people know. Um, for a long time, I looked at Cole Steele as that's all they're going to do is entertain. 
for a long time, I looked at Southern University as that's all they're, they're going to do is two and four until you actually get inside of them and playing one-on-one. And I even said this to somebody down there at Southern. I was chopping with them, you know, back in like 2013, 14. I was like, man, you, you pretty good. Why don't y'all display this on the drum line? And what I mean by that is when you bring somebody off that drum one-on-one, you'd be kind of surprised. Like, wow, y'all, yeah, you just chop me up. Why don't y'all do this in y'all's cadences? So, you know what I mean? The entertainment process is, it has to happen. No one wants to see something that's just going to go bit by bit. It has to be entertainment process. So all we do is entertain? Absolutely not. But we have to have that aspect into what we do. You got the tunnel drums in respective conferences. Yeah, they're going to run the tunnels and blah, 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 but they're also going to do something to where they throw the sticks. You know, Million Dollar uh, Funk Squad, I think, was back in 2016. I could be wrong. They and they probably weren't the first ones to do it, but I remember they took the drums off and they had their Dynasty drums up here, and then they had a second set of Dynasty drums. They laid them on the ground and was literally playing tunnel parts. But they didn't stop there. They was playing tunnel drops on the, you got one through five up here, and then you got a row one through five. They was going back and forth playing one through five, like tunnels. It's a very famous video. It's out there. Like it, so it's like that has to be entertainment because it's one thing, again, to run those tunnel parts, but it's another thing to make it a gimmick. Gimmick is also entertainment. It's also, you know, uh, a lot of the head knots, the chants that people say and a lot of things. You're not going to, I don't think you're going to get, and let's take it outside of inner city kids, even in the DCI entertainment. As soon as you see Santa Clara, the very first thing that you see is their wardrobe costume. That's entertainment right there. You know, Halloween, they're dressed up as, you know, Friday the 13th or whatever. Already that they're already addressing the entertainment, and then they go Here. into it. You know, they gotta gotta they kind of gotta look to it, and then they dress their part, and then you got the flags that come in auxiliary. That's all entertainment to me. So I think is it all entertainment? Absolutely not. But you gotta have some form of entertainment because you're not gonna grasp. I don't care if you're black, white, <laughs> you know, what I mean? anything. You're not gonna grasp anybody if you don't have any sort of entertainment. All right. Um... On my next topic, on the next topic, Tay, I'm gonna start with you on the next topic. There's a reason why I'm doing that. So just I'm I'm a, I'm gonna hold your your thoughts and comments for a second. But I have to ask this of one of these brothers. This question has to go to one of these brothers because when I was coming up, and I I have no problem with saying this, Willow Ridge High School graduate, you know, back. Back in the day, man, you know, so I, I, I've i seen, you know, uh, all that Texas has to offer. And all I knew about PV was was the box. It, it, it was B.O. all day. Like, all right, we about to fight. Here you go. About to fight. Here you go. Here you go. said he wasn't going to answer anything right now. So here we go. So either Cushion or Larry. I answer it. I don't give a all, all y'all do is entertain, man. Uh, Jack in the box heads, afros, putting the curtain up, flipping people. All y'all do is entertain, man. What what y'all got? First of all, 
Well, well, first of all, no, you said you weren't answering that. You said you're gonna pass it off because it's the whole. So it's two. So let me say this, and I'm gonna be quiet. At the end of the day, they're the home team, bro. I'm just saying, bro. I'm going to fight for the home team. Regardless, I may have a goddamn feeling of something indifferent. But uh, publicly, we're going to keep this house to house. I'm just saying. And I'm going to be quiet until it gets to a point where I'm gonna, I got to chime. Straight up, Quan. I'm, I, I feel you. Hey, but um, all we do is entertain. Like, honestly, you can kind of, you can listen to the conversations that we just finished having. You know, the conversations went from European drumming to where this came from. So we're doing more than just entertaining. But the other thing is you kind of go back to uh, what I said earlier, where I wish we would have documented what we were actually playing on the field to, to put in a book, you know, because again, I'm tooting, I'm tooting our horn. What we were doing, we were doing stuff that was light years ahead, light years, you know? A lot of, a lot of the stuff that, a lot of the stuff that we were playing back then can, is relevant now. You know, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a reasonable doubt. You know, Jay-Z first album can be played today, you know, versus your little babies and, you know, whatever else. You know, so if it's good, it's good. If I mean, if it was a banger, it was a banger. And what we were doing back in the day was more than entertaining. We we entertain we entertain the crowd. We also we play for the drummer. We also play for the crowd as well. So no, we're not just entertainers. All right, I'll, I'll throw my two cents on there. So my Throw it first, in there, Larry. My throw first question, there. Julian, is this question coming from a a horn player would, would you feel like this is coming from a horn player because if we since, since we are since we didn't get the history on drumming and everything like that julian what 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 instruments came first was it the horns or was it the drums so you you asked me two questions so let uh-huh. me let me first answer the question so that way i can even kind of get rid of the second question this question <laughs> isn't coming from a horn player this question okay. this question is actually if you really want to know coming from Quan. Because Quan is the one who came up with the questions in the first place, okay. I'm just asking the questions. Okay. <laughs> so. I just wanted to I just wanted to make sure it, <laughs> it wasn't no it wasn't no people you know disrespecting us. And oh no nah, no, nah. because because nah. anybody anybody first of all anybody if anybody knows me coming from coming from where I come from, I'm always going. Oh, no, yeah, love, yeah, you know what I'm saying. So you from the but, south side, mostly. yeah. But you know, I'm just letting you know the questions where the questions came from, except for the last question. The last <laughs> question is mine. But yeah, go yeah. ahead. So, um, so about entertainment, um, and this is the basically kind of sum it all up and everything like that. Entertainment has to do relatively about life. When you go in for an interview, what do you have to do? You have to entertain. Because if you go in there and just be dull and anything like that, they're going to look for the next person to come in there and wow you. They want that wow factor. In anything that you do in life, when you go try for the football team, they want that wow factor. You go out there. And just do whatever and just do whatever. Yeah. And then that, that big 360-pound lineman come out there and run through your whole line and tackle the quarterback. Yeah, I want him on my team. So entertainment, entertainment for me is one word, recruitment. It, it's recruitment. It, it's for me to get you in here and then for me to put you in this program. And then now you're about to learn what this system is. 
So now you're going to learn the system. So the system of why we're entertaining is to get more kids like you to get interested in what we do and for you to learn and teach the next person. Like you said, each one teach one. So I'm going to teach you why we entertain. We entertain so we, we can recruit more kids in there because we, we with, with percussion, we're, we're so far behind because, you know, of just all the stuff that we talk about. So now we got to do different tactics and now we got to do different things. And now we got to do video. Now we got to do battles. Now we got to do all this other stuff. You know, back then kids just wanted to learn trumpet because they heard when Marcel is, or they seen Dizzy Galipsy, or they, or they did that. It, it wasn't, it wasn't about seeing, oh man, I seen fam, you marching band. I want to play trumpet. No, it, it was jazz scenes and all this other stuff. They wanted to play, you know, them instruments because of, you know, the top players was playing around the country and doing all this other stuff. And the same thing for drummers. When you've seen Buddy Rich and when you've seen all those cats coming around. So our, our entertainment is, is for a reason. And it shouldn't be the only, but but the thing is, it shouldn't be the only asset. That shouldn't be the only asset that you that you can that you hold within your program or your community or anything. It shouldn't be a source of I entertained you and then you ask me, hey, what you what you doing? That's it. That's all I do is entertain. Okay, so what's our next conversation? There is no next conversation. All right, I got your attention. Well, let me tell you what about this. This is the program, and we're trying to do this for the inner city kids, and we're trying to do all this and other stuff, and we teach the kids how to do this and all this other stuff. You got any people that's interested? Oh, so y'all do this. Okay, recruitment. That's the one word about entertainment, recruitment. And it's the same thing. I mean, think about in, in, in the scale of marching bands. Think about the, the history of that. If there were no such thing as American football, there really would be no marching band. There would only be military bands. So football wanted that entertainment. Boom. And now you got us. So that, that's what entertainment is. And you got to recruit. That entertainment is just recruitment. Now, when you take that, when you take that word and, and you try to do it your own way and spin it around because of, because of your own personal goals and everything like that, then you have a situation or an issue. But if you keep it, if you keep it simple and we entertain so we can get more people to come in and be with our program and do the same thing so we can catch that next person on the street. So we can catch that next person that's coming up, that next person in an eighth grade band so they can come here and they can learn the same thing on how to entertain and get the next kid here. Because we got to. If we don't, we don't recruit, then we we have nothing to talk about. We, be, we just basically old heads talking about some old drum stuff. So that that's my thing about entertainment. Uh, and when it comes to PV, I mean, that that's just the job. Typically, that's what you got paid for. That's what you sign your name on the dotted line for, is to entertain. That's what we are as marching bands and marching percussionists. Entertainers, that's what we are. We entertain for the football. If we had no football, they probably wouldn't care about band. Now, I know Talladega is a whole different anomaly, and I'm sure that they're about to get a football team and everything like that. But it's still the aesthetics of the history is the reason why they have a band. Because once they get a football team, they already got a band. So we already ahead of the game in one asset of it. So now we just got to entertain to start getting some football players. So that, that's my two cents on it. Have y'all, have y'all ever, like, I guess, and because I hear everybody, I guess I just look at it different. Yes, all we do is entertain. Because entertainment is subjective. Right? I can watch a Jackson State video. I can watch a Prairie View video. 
and I can jump right over the SCV. It just depends on what I want to hear and what I want to see. But it's all entertainment based upon how I perceive it, right? It's just perception. You know what I'm saying? So, yes, all we do is entertain because if you don't, when you walk into a gym at a battle, you look up and you see the crowd and everybody's cheering, right? And you know, okay, she doesn't know what a paradiddle is. I know him. He plays snag with me in college. He knows what a paradiddle is. He knows what hybrids are. That kid over there can play. You, you kind of know that your show is going to be tailored to what? Everybody. Because it's entertainment. And like Troy said, it comes back to what? Recruitment. Everything is entertainment. When we put on New Jays, it's a form of entertainment. As Paul said, when SCV has on the, the, the and I'm not trying to be just for the Captain Crunch uniform or something like that, that's theater. That's theater. Sergeant Peppers. Like a, like a onesie, right? That's theater though, right? With sequins. That's, that's so when the light hit it, boom, it's shining, right? That's all theater. You see what I'm saying? And that, and that listen, and that theater is entertainment because you go to a theater to be what? Entertained to watch a movie, right? So it's all entertainment. It just depends on where we are mentally at that point. If I'm upset, I'm not listening to sad songs, love songs. That entertainment can miss me. If I'm on a business trip and my wife is at home, I might listen to a love song. Right, that because that's how I'm feeling at that time. That's the mood. So everything on planet Earth is entertainment because you don't stop and look at nothing for two seconds unless it's entertainment. Even 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 the young lady walking by. Right, it's all a form of entertainment. Everything is, and if you're not, and I and I know, and I'm saying it like this because I know what everybody's really saying is, hey, we. Are technical. Hey, we can do this and we can chop and we can, but we know really at the end of the day, it's all what? Entertainment. For the for the choppers in the stands and for the guys and the girls that want to see us dance, right? And for the little kid that only can do this and he can, he act like a drum major, right? All entertainment. We all seen a little kid that's three or four years old and they marching and they whistle and everything, right? Why? Because it's entertainment. The movie Drumline even though it pushed that rope and all that crap, right? It was the most entertainment. So many people joined Drumline because of that. Entertainment. It's all entertainment. It's just subjective. If you want to look at it that way, it's just all subjective. So so my thing, and to answer this question real quick, it is, it is subjective, but, but I feel that our subjection is limited because we push the narrative, like I saw somebody in the comments say, well, what is battery? You know, battery is, you know, snare drums, you know, uh, tender drums, so forth and so on, that's battery. And then you have your front ensemble, your melodic or keyboard instruments. But there are so many percussion ensembles that are entertaining to where we just limit limit ourselves and put ourselves in a box. That's why most people feel like, well, that's all they good for call a drum line to shuck and jive too. Like one of the uh, best pieces that I know me and Larry did when we was in college was four, 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 four. Like it was an entertaining piece and it was a percussion ensemble. And our percussion instructor, Prof Jones was like, hey, hey, hey boss, you gotta, you gotta sell that thing. Again, entertainment. We was on the side, I'm talking about Larry and on the timpanist and we over there uh, hitting Soldier Boy at the time while we got a timpani, a bass drum, a concert snare, uh, I think chicken was in it too. Like we had to sell the whole entire 
performance. But I think when we speak about percussion and percussion education, we are just so limited to one thing to where it's like, that's why I personally feel like the box was different because we did have melodic instruments in front ensemble out there as a percussion, uh, as a percussion drum section. We did. I think our last year marching was 09. We we did a show with the Obama mask and did uh, sweeps and whatnot on the xylophone and the marimba at the same time while playing Latin grooves. At the, like we did all of it. So we we did it for that drummer who knows chops and for that person who was just like, man, they look good. And I think that's what makes uh, drum sections, uh, what's the word, uh, fluid in whatever setting that they need to go into. Because I see my, uh, Justin was like, you have different venues. Absolutely. So, and you have to entertain according to that crowd that you're about to entertain. So I agree that it's entertainment, but I feel like we're only limiting ourselves. And we do that merely because Maybe that's all we know, but then when we try to step into something else, then we say it's white. Not not to use that divisiveness, but that's what we say because it's something different. They'd be like, "Oh, that's that white stuff, though." But is it is it entertaining though? And I think some of us are still closed-minded to where we're so stuck on tradition, we don't want to break into something else that could potentially be great for us in our culture. Yeah, I, I remember when Prophet Jones had us do uh, Marimba, Marimba Spiritual, and it was like, and him telling us like how we had to sell it and, you know, how we just use different elements to to make it entertaining. So, yeah, I feel you on that corner. That was a good one. Same thing, uh, Trice, that was a good one. I think it also has a lot to do with, and again, because it goes back to what we was talking about even with the and i really do hate the comparison sometimes with the hbcus and the drum corps because you know these hbcus we college kids they're trying to get a degree dci you get paid for that so i don't i don't want to you know intertwine it too much but i have seen and it's a viral video it's probably been out maybe a couple years and it's hilarious but it's a viral video that went out. I don't even know the drum corps. Out of maybe 200 measures, they probably had 16 beats on the timpani. They was on the field. And they was in like a comedic like spirit. And it was just the way that they was approaching the timpani. All they was doing was like a whole note. Boom. But it was their facial interaction with the camera. And this video went viral and everybody was laughing like, yo, for lack of better words, what the heck is these DCIs doing? I mean, hey, Paul, that, you know, that's the bit. You know what I mean? Oh. Probably some of you seen it, but it also goes back to, I know that drum line was chopping back there, but I don't want to watch, no, I want to watch this person hey, Paul. On, the, on the tip and that's entertaining. Was that the, was that the video? With the young girl, she was looking like yeah, that. That's the young girl. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. See what I'm saying? It stood out. That was entertaining. She was like, she was in it. And I, I remember her. She wasn't the only one. It's, it's been going on for years. Yeah. And in high schools, like you talked about in, in Calvin Chico Hills, like it's been going on forever. But at the same time, it's entertainment because you know how Facebook is real good <laughs> about putting your Facebook memories in your face. Like this happened a couple of years ago. But I found myself watching that. Versus watching what the snares was playing, what the multi tenors was playing, and the multi tenors was going in. I, I can't 
remember exactly what DCI was, but it was just that one whole note that she had. <laughs> so to me, I'm like, that's, and, and of course they had on the costumes, you know, she had the eyeliner and things like that. So yeah, it's entertainment. And I can't help but to get out of my head, the, the first interaction that I had with entertainment, I think I kind of touched on it a little bit. Don't remember what year it was, but it was in the early, I'll say late 90s, maybe 97. It was when I saw a PV, it was a practice video. This is going to show my age. This was a marching network. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the marching we, we network, it was two guys that were playing symbols. One was facing this way, another guy was right behind him. They crashed. One guy threw a symbol behind him in the right hand. Other one rolled it and he caught it. And I'm like, how does that happen? To me, that was unheard of. Like, what do you mean you going upside down on a snare? And then you see the words B-O-X, but you know, I'm from Ohio. I don't know what that means. But down there, it's like everything. So you just incorporate that entertainment. So now you see that even in the Drumline 2 movie, We'll go past that. But even in the drumline, they 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 did that, and I'm talking to people like I'm I'm always a person for originality. Who's the first person y'all seen did that? PV. They went upside down on the snares and blah blah blah. Even if they wasn't, it's just it's set in stone. Okay, y'all bumping, y'all snares is moving like that. Who's the first people see? I remember Boosie doing that with his line back at Jackson State in in the late nineties. So I'm 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 real cognizant of, and me I do my homework. I'm always trying to figure out who done this, who did this person. Not even if it was first, but who was like the trendsetter. But when it comes down to it, entertainment. I remember being at Honda and seeing a maroon and chrome school, and their tenors was tilted. North Carolina Central. Why why y'all's tenors tilted? What the hell? What's wrong with y'all? It's a trendsetter, and they sound good. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm like real cognizant of like, it's so many ways you can put on entertainment. And so when you put that entertainment in, I'm just like, you just start to figure it out. But it's just not in the HBCU world. That's everywhere. Ohio State, they dot the I every year. But guess where that assistant band director came from back in the early 80s? Florida A&M, HBCU affiliated. So, you know what I mean? It's like, it's so much entertainment that I think it, I think it's just really up to us to just be like, yo, I know the band culture was how it used to be. Now we got to change it because it's more on us. Honestly, the people on this panel and the people that has been on here before us is way more than us. We got a big job. We got to teach these kids what it is. We don't give a damn about no grid. I don't care. You mean, you've been practicing that forever. I don't care if you can play that and I can't play it back. What about the 40? What about you sight reading? And what about those scales? Um, I want to, before we move on to the next topic, uh, I want to get clarity. You said the DCI kids uh, pay, get paid. Is that what you were saying? Yes, sir. No, they don't. They pay. They get a stipend. No, you, you can try to get a stipend. That don't mean that you that can get That ain't guaranteed. Paid. It ain't always and, and that money ain't cheap. Steady going they coming up. out wops of money. Yeah. Bro. Matter, matter of fact, they 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 pay to fly out for the auditions and yeah. they may not even make it. Some mm, these some these 
some DCIs are about the same amount that we paid to go to college. When you, when, you, when you add in all the you have to fly out for for that monthly practice and everything like that, that's coming out your budget. So mm-hmm. that that can that can range to thousands of dollars, and you that's basically playing a semester of school. So yeah, you yeah. pay to get in the court, and you pay to get to your spring training, and yeah, it it it's it's some you pay for the packets. You pay yeah. for the packets. Like some of them actually pay for their audition packets and music. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that clarity. Thank. you. Yeah, no Because no from what I was getting, it was like more or less a stipend. I've never marched with DCI. Again, I'm just going off of, you know, what I was told, but, you know, what I know. But, yeah, it's it's still not a difference in there. I mean, I'm sorry. It's a big difference just because that's college and that's more or less professional. But I, I, I get it. that clarity. Put, put like this, kid. But can I say one thing before you go to the next topic? Yeah, you got. I, I just, I just have to be fair. And then, and then let this be the last thing before, uh, so we can go into the next topic, bro. For sure. Just being honest, you really paying for master teachers, bro, with DCI. Like, I agree. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie, bro. He's on, he's on the line right now, and we, we was, I was dealing with a small core. Kelton, the dude's a goat, bro. I know his name may not be out there like that, but it should. When I tell you, bro, the dude is a master teacher, bro, and is and that's what you pay for. You paying for that because, and that's why, not to get off subject with this all star band stuff. That's why sometimes we kind of get the backbite by all star band because you're paying this money, and you what can you bring back to that high school, you know, uh, uh, band program? These kids be paying almost four thousand dollars. But they had a lifetime worth of tutelage that they received from like the principal trumpet from the Phil Boston Philharmonic. So you gonna come back, Cole, or or the principal snare drummer from you know uh, New England Conservatory? It's different, bro. And th- that's why I say going back to the uh, our second question, the reason why we're behind on our counterpart, like it's it's just it's it's a lot, bro. That's all I'm saying. And and no, I, I appreciate that clarity. Thank you for that. Thank you. Yeah, that's 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 what this is for, bro. And 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 to really be honest, man, being on a DCI staff, it's not like you walk in and everybody good. Like, no, you're auditioning to be on that staff. Like, first of all, you gotta have a namesake. But then on top of that, you auditioning for that staff. They gonna you walk in, and I know this because I've I've had to go through it. You walk in. And you, they're going to put you in front of a horn line or they're going to put you in front of the battery and they're going to watch how you teach and they're going to they're going to look at what you say and how you communicate with those kids. And do they respond? And are you giving good, good, good uh, information to these kids? And then they're going to come back and tell you, you know, hey, you know, I, you saying some good things, but, you know, I don't think or they won't even say nothing to you at all. You'll go home and you may not hear nothing. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, it's it's like that. I, I can definitely agree. Them kids. You know, they tell you, they tell you, you know, your money is going here, 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 and yeah, but you, you're definitely paying for uh, top quality education, man. And and I cannot disagree with that one, 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 uh, one bit. Also, shout out to Kelton Richmond, man. Shout out to Kelton. Thank you for tuning in to Talk That Talk. Find us on social media outlets and YouTube at Real Talk That Talk. Talk That Talk is a brand of the Passion Is Network. You can contact Passion Is at passionis1919 at gmail.com. If you would like to contact the panel of Talk That Talk, email us at realtalkthattalk at gmail.com.